Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are excited to have you back. I'm Tanya. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to jump right in. We have been going through a series of the Beatitudes. So if you had an opportunity to listen to the last two podcasts, we have covered blessed are those who are poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn. And we will turn it over to you, Michael, to give us a quick overview before we get started. Yes, the Beatitudes from the Latin for blessing will be blessed if these are our attitudes, if this reflects God's character and our actions that flow from that, we are to be poor in spirit, much like Jesus' main audience, the Amaretz, the people of the, the land, seeking community above all and family as most important, seeking God's kingdom first and not earthly gain. And then blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. Those who empathize and understand another person's emotions and where they're coming from. These should be our attitudes. And now we are on to blessed are the meek. Yes, I love this. So I've got some great definitions here I love to cover. So we're going to read Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. The word meek has several definitions. Now, if you look at the world's definition of that, meek is submissive and moderate, according to one of the online dictionaries. But if we look deeper into the word meek, it's described as a horse prepared or has been approved to be a war horse, a horse ready for battle that has power great self-control, determined, and passionate. According to Bible Hub, uh, meek in Greek is paras, and it is defined as not weakness, but a reference to using God's strength under his control, demonstrating power without due harshness, gentleness. I mean, that's breathtaking, right? Uh, self-control reminds you of the fruit of the spirit. That is one of the fruit um, that Paul talks about is self-control. And I love what Jesus said here in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I mean, Jesus says, I am meek and lowly in heart. Wow. It really makes me consider, okay, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. God, I need you. I want to look more like Jesus because I want to have that humility, that self-control, that war horse ready for battle, sitting there patiently waiting, self-controlled, determined for battle. Yeah. I like your description of strength under control. Because yeah. when you think of Jesus, he was said to be meek, but meek has the unfortunate rhyme of sounding like weak, but yeah. that is not what it means. It does not mean weak. It's, it's strength under control. Praus, you talked about that praus in the Greek. It's gentle. It's nice. It's having that kind of humble spirit, one who wants to serve others with that kindness and gentleness. Jesus was said that meekness is what really reflected his character, but he was not weak. He, it, when it called for it, he was willing to throw over tables in the in the temple, and you know he would let the religious 
Pharisees have it in some debates and such, but he was not weak. He was definitely strong, but it was under control. And he came across as his character of being very gentle and very nice and very humble and a person that's just willing to go out of his way to serve others. What an attitude that we could have that would just reflect in all our relationships with our family and friends to have that gentleness and niceness and looking out for others and serving others instead of having the mine attitude and give me, give me and not share and, and just not treating people very nicely, you know, in a world where there's just a lot of bullying and mean girls and, and people just not treating each other well and trolling on the internet and such that is totally not reflecting Jesus character. That is not what he says should be your attitude and the actions that should flow from that attitude. We are to be gentle, nice, humble people that seek to serve others. I remember Billy Graham's wife. What's her name? Ruth Graham. Um, (laughs) Mrs. Graham (laughs) was famous for saying that uh, there's nothing better than for two married people to be servants, for two servants to marry one another. There's just nothing better. That is what really makes a marriage sing. When both sides of the marriage relationship are looking for ways to go out of their way to serve the other person. That's how needs get met. That's how people feel fulfilled in a marriage. When you have one or both parties, just what can I get out of this kind of mentality? That's when things break down, when they just start looking out for themselves. You know, dare I say, if we're having extended issues in a marriage, is it because one or both of the parties has gotten into a cycle of just not serving the other person and just looking out for their own interests and getting in a self-protection kind of mechanism because I'm not getting my needs met, so I'm not meeting your needs met. And it takes one person to break that up by just having a willingness to look out for the other person and how can I serve you, whether or not you are doing the same for me. Yeah, that's really awesome that you said that because I mentioned in the last podcast how amazing the sequence of these beatitudes. We have the first one, poor in spirit, right? For theirs is the kingdom of God. And then you've got blessed are those who mourn. And now Jesus is saying, learn meekness, learn kindness, learn self-control, be a war horse. Um, And this to me personally, I, I think that this is a really hard one. This is a hard uh, beatitude because he's asking us to give up control, give everything to the Lord. And as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, I tend to want to take control when it comes to our children or when it comes to marriage and so on. So this for me is a really challenging one because I have to really learn Lord, teach me self-control. Teach me how to walk. Help me not have a defensive attitude when others offend me or give me some advice that I wasn't looking for. And the Christian walk, it should reflect the light of Jesus. You look at Paul and I'm just so moved by him because he suffered so much persecution and had self-control. I'm just overwhelmed by that. But our walk should reflect how we speak. The questions I've asked several ladies in the past, are you willing to give up control in your life, your your dreams, your ambitions to follow Jesus? 
um, you know that that that's hard. When we come to know Jesus Christ, we give up so much. And when we do, it feels like we're all alone, but we're not. We have Jesus. We have his Holy Spirit that's guiding us. And so for me personally, I looked at uh, a study. It was probably last summer or the summer before um, where I looked at Galatians chapter five, looking at the fruit of the spirit. And, you know, we all should desire to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Meekness is just having that gentleness that we can show our families. We can show how beautifully we're transformed, that we're softened, that we're surrendered to our husbands and our children. It's something that is uh, a challenge for me. And I, I pray that God would, would give me the strength, give you the strength if you're listening to it. And I just want to read this psalm. It's beautiful. The earth is the Lord's and all the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. That's where we should be seeking with humility, with a heart, just willing. And we'll talk about pure heart later in our Beatitude series, but we that's what we want. We want to be clean before the Lord. Yeah, you know, and I don't think this is a very natural disposition for us. I don't think we come out of the womb being meek, being gentle and nice and humble and a servant's attitude toward others. This has to be taught. You know, we have to teach this to our children. I just observed very young children with our daughter who's around five years old and the other kids nearby and, and all of them, you know, they just don't treat each other nicely a lot of times. And we just really have to be on it, be supervising our children closely to teach them to share, to be nice, to be gentle, to look out for others, because that is just not what we naturally do. It has to be taught. And a true test of whether we really have that in our heart, this meek attitude is how we treat our enemies. And that's why Jesus later on in this Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 43 said, love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Anybody can love those who love you. What reward do you have? Even the tax collectors do that. The true test is whether you will love your enemies. Somebody who's spitting fire at you, will you love them as an action? Those you do not love as a feeling. Will we overcome our feelings and show the love of Jesus anyways, especially in our close relationship, in our married relationships and with our children, where there can be a lot of tension going on and we're so comfortable with each other that it can be really quick to unload a lot of our own frustrations on the other person. And sometimes we can get locked into a situation where our spouse is our enemy at the moment or our children are our enemy at the moment, our parents or our enemy at the moment, we're just not loving each other at the moment. Will we have that true character? Will that really be our attitude inside when it really matters, when it's really a test of character, when we get absolutely nothing in return? Will we love somebody who won't give anything 
back. That's when we truly see that that is our attitude in our heart. And that's when it's hard. Ain't none of this necessarily easy. Jesus called us to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. that are hard. Anybody can do things that are easy. And he was making the point, well, you do it when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Do you really have my character within you Mm -hmm. who can say, Father, forgive them when they're nailing them to the cross and spitting on them? Man, I don't know if any of us can go that far, but can we at least have a a reflection of his character to be able to have gentleness and niceness and humility and serving others, even those who don't deserve it? Jesus washed his disciples' feet as a servant. He's the son of God and he's washing people's feet. And even more so than that, Judas was there. He washed the feet of Judas, knowing that he was about to stab him in the back. That is a true test of having the character, having that attitude within you when you can do those kind of things and love your enemies. Yeah, that's really hard. This is a hard um, statement that Jesus said, but he told us and he knows that we cannot do it without him. And I just want to quickly point out three key things um, regarding meekness you know, holy self-control and looking to show Christ, even when wrong to the wicked. That's kind of what you were talking about with Judas. You know, I think that's really important. And Jesus even said, you have heard that it is said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you, and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Matthew 5, 38 through 40. And the second point is displaying a gentleness to your spouse, family, friend, or person resisting you. It's showing the heart of God during chaos. And it can be chaotic in the home when there's all kinds of stuff going on with stress and everything. And yes, it is challenging. That's why we have to pick up our cross. But Jesus said, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, 1. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4, 2. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive Colossians 3, 12 through 13. And then the last point I want to make is the restraint to discern areas that are strongholds in our life to practice self-control. That is a hard one. It's the calling that Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth Uh, to restrain yourself to have that war horse mentality, ready for battle, ready and self-controlled, determined, set your mind on things above, not things of the earth, Colossians 3, 2. And so hopefully this was encouraging to you as you were listening and just gives you a little bit to think about and and asking the Lord to help you understand this beatitude, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth, Matthew 5, 5. And we hope that you join us as we continue in our series of the Beatitudes and until next time. God bless. God bless.